episode 60 of the Press Pass Podcast, presented by the Press Republican, with Editor-in-Chief Joe Templio, Night Editor Ben Rowe, I'm Sports Editor Joey LaFranca. 60 episodes, another milestone, Joe. How are you doing? Yes, Joey Bats. Or hard-working Joey Bats, should I say. Oh, thanks. I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> it's been busy of late. We're all hard-working. It's not just me. Everybody is. Yes. Busy time of year. Yes, definitely is. Ben, how are you? Look who's back. Back again. Yeah, back from New Hampshire. Yeah. So I got yeah. Oh, hand. that's right. We were sans Ben Rowe See, Joe, week. you yes. and I have been working so hard, and <laughs> yeah. Ben's just been taking time yes. off. You know, it's <laughs> nice. <laughs> it must be nice to live in Ben Rowe's world. I yes. got a travel story. Yeah? So my mom and I are driving out through, I think it's, I think it was in New Hampshire. There was this town that we were driving through, and on like every um, power line or power pole, there was a scarecrow. And there were like various, you know, businesses decorate them and people would put out their own. And the whole theme of the town for the, I guess, the autumn season was scarecrows. So there were dozens of them, like every single power pole. And eventually, it honestly became kind of creepy because some of them were fairly lifelike and that kind of thing. It was like a... Really? Wow, there are the towns like invaded the scarecrows. Interesting. And then my mom saw one up on like this yard and she's like... Oh, look at that one. And, she, and then it turned and she said, oh, wait, no, that's an actual <laughs> guy. But he was just sitting there just like looking at the road. The road. And so it's like, well, you can't tell here. <laughs> so it was a children of the corn moment? Exactly. <laughs> it's like, geez, if all these scarecrows turned against us, we'd be in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the whole time through the town, I'm like, wait. Is that a scarecrow or is that an actual person? No, no, that one's real. Oh, that's a scarecrow. Oh, wow. It was cool. So, But no, had a good time and saw some relatives I haven't seen in like 20 years. So it was fun. That's always good to catch up with the fam. Yeah. Glad to have you back. Yes. Now you're back with your other fam. Yep. And then I ordered um, ahi tuna while I was out there for the family reunion. And then I was eating it and my mom's like, or I shared some with my mom and she's like, is this supposed to be this cold? And I said, I assume so. I would eat it anyway. So. <laughs> not a, is that, wait, is that like sushi? Yes. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. You lost me there. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not it was gonna, good. Never had sushi in my life. Never going to try it. Yeah, when they tell you... Me neither, Joey. I'm with you. Yeah. When they tell you, yeah, your food's raw. It's supposed to be. So. Yeah, that's uh, an immediate turn-off. That's, <laughs> an immediate, that's an immediate turn-off for me. Your hamburger is raw. They no. do that, actually. No. <laughs> Things are intended to be cooked. Not I, I, I don't think... I might have tried it at some point. I, I, legitim- I legitimately have never had any sushi item yeah, in I, my I, life. I, I never. Interest. Although, I will say... Back when I was younger, I was I spent summers as a camp counselor in uh, the Berkshires, and every Sunday for morning they had bagels and lox. Okay. For breakfast. Yeah. A lot. It's like salmon. It's I think that's uncooked. Yes. And I thought no way, no way, no way. But somebody they finally convinced me to try it. it I have to say it was good. It was very good. <laughs> is that like with, so is it with, is it like, is there cream cheese involved? Well, I hear people yeah. talk about it all the time. You can make it any way you want. I had a, you know, fresh toasted bagel. Sure. A little cream cheese. Yep. Put your locks on. And then I used to put a little jelly on. Ooh. Interesting. And it was so good. Sweet and savory? <laughs> yes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's, in, that's interesting. Wow. I've never even thought of that before. Yeah. Is it like caviar or something or... Um, no, it's like no, it's it's, it's like it's like a spread, I guess. You ever 
uh, what the lox? Mm. No, it's a slice, a thin slice yeah. of salmon. Oh, interesting. Think of it like um, like shaved. Oh, I can exactly. picture that. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Whenever they show fancy, you ever see you ever see that. the scene in, in Goodfellas when they're in prison and he's like cutting the cutting the, the garlic. garlic with the little like the little razor, <laughs> razor knife. thin. Yes, oh. razor thin. It's <laughs> gotta be razor thin so it melts afterwards. Yes, <laughs> yes. Think of it like that. That's like that time I tell you, what's it called? Tripe or the cow's Cow stomach? stomach yeah. yeah, that was that was exactly what I looked like. <laughs> you got exactly what you deserved. Yeah, so. you you tried it. You got what you deserved. Oh, but oh, well, that reminds me. One last food story. Sure. Is the fact that when I was a wee little lad, is that we went to the pharmacy and they had this um, little plate with some free samples on it. And me being a greedy kid, I reached up and grabbed a handful and shoved them in my mouth. And cut fat out as fruitcake. Oh. And that was what my mom, and my mom said. You didn't like that, did you? I said, no. <laughs> That's what you get. I like fruitcake. You like fruitcake? I do. I've never had it before. It was it was bland. It was well, bland. The way my mom it gets made a bad it. rep, that's for sure. The way my mother made it, it was pretty good. It had a lot of stuff All right. in it. It was also <laughs> probably sitting on that plate for like half the day before. Probably got dried out, down, yeah. But yes. Probably got a little little bit stale. <laughs> I can't but. picture you as a greedy kid. Well, yeah, I mean, when you see a tray full of free samples, anybody would be like, oh, yeah, give me some. That's true. Ben's the type of person where, like, he's, like, super laid back, but, like, I, I feel like if something, like, excites him or draws his interest, yeah. then he just, he, his personality totally changes. Give me that. Yes, he's, he becomes the give me, give me, give me type of But, yeah, that was yeah. totally my mom's, like, okay, sure, touch the hot stove, see what happens. There you go. <laughs> now you've learned. Yes, yes. But anyways, news stuff this week. Joe, what's going on? Yes, um, very sad to say on this Friday that the uh, New York State Forest Rangers confirmed that they did find uh, Rita Wilson, the woman in Redford, who had been missing since Tuesday. They Unfortunately, they found her deceased today, not far from her home. She had been missing since Tuesday morning. She had dementia, and she uh, left the house on foot. Um, and there was a search for the last three days. Um, more than 100 people, uh, the state officials, volunteers, came out in the Redford community to help uh, help with the search. And um, it's just, a, I mean, it's one of those tragedies uh, that affects a small community, any, any community like that. And that we're sorry to say that was the outcome. But um, it's nice to know that the community responds the way it does and uh, with an outpouring of... Uh, yeah. Um, uh, concern and caring, compassion for the it's, family. It's situations like that where you you see the North Country uh, rally together, uh, come together, yeah. uh, and things like that. And it's nice to sometimes, you know, there's a lot of different things going on from time to time in life. And um, when something like that happens, everybody puts, you know, their, you know, any type of politics or anything like that aside, and they just come together and... Uh, yeah, and, and for one. Redford's a pretty close-knit community. Yeah. Um, they're tight up there, and Rita, Aunt Reet, as she's known, I mean, I know her and mm-hmm. uh, her husband and the family, uh, really good people. Um, it's just a really sad, sad outcome. Well, yeah. And I appreciate the fact that over the past couple of days of coverage, um, the search leaders told people, you know, hey, check your backyards, check yeah. your barns, check your um, garages, that kind of thing, and because, you know, heading for warmth or whatever she might have headed in there and ultimately it was a trail camera spotting that pointed them in the right direction yes um, um and so it was that community effort of hey everybody you know do your part check your property check what you can check and so it's it wasn't just eyes on the ground it was the whole community was like 
looking around for us. So. Yeah, so our, our thoughts and prayers um, go out to Rita Wilson's family and everyone in the Redford community. Yeah, absolutely. And and now we're uh, another another weekend. It seems like it becomes a theme every week, but now we've reached uh, an unfortunate milestone as far as COVID goes as well. Yes, um, and, and I actually wrote a column about it. That'll be in tomorrow's paper um, mm-hmm. about about that and um, I said uh, it's not a milestone it's mm-hmm. nothing to celebrate no um, oh yeah no I don't uh, mean milestone no, 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 in a good I, way I know, yeah but it, um, unfortunately b- between Clinton Essex and Franklin counties I think we're now at 101 mm-hmm. uh, people who have passed away due to COVID and as I said in my column um, uh, when my mother died of COVID in January in Rochester I remember they gave us a whole bunch of paperwork when stuff like that happens. Sure. And I saw something on it had the number of COVID death that she was in Rochester, which was high at the time. I don't remember, but they have a lot more people there, so it stands of, to of reason. Of course, yeah. And I remember thinking, oh, my God, that's how many people have died of COVID. That's terrible. And then I was thinking, like, this number, this is not my mother. That's a number. Yeah. Uh, she's not a number. So I guess... The thing that the message I'm trying to say is that yes, n- the numbers are important, um, uh, but the real thing is remember these people, who they are, uh, what they represented, their families. Yeah, um, they're human beings. Yeah, and this is a terrible, terrible virus that is killing people. Five million people worldwide. Yeah, five million people have died from this. Yep, seven hundred fifty thousand in the U.S. Now a hundred here in the North Country. This is real, and as I say in my column, and as we've said many times in editorials, we can't stress enough. If you can, please get vaccinated. Wear a mask when appropriate. Social distance when appropriate. And please take this seriously. And let's flatten these numbers because they're not numbers; they're people. Let's get rid of this once and for all. I couldn't say it any better. I couldn't say it any better. Well, and I was thinking when you were talking about numbers in the editorials that one thing I looked up one time was the fact that some people will say, you know, well, people die of the flu every year. People die of cancer every year. People die of car crashes every year, et cetera, et cetera. But when you look up those numbers, the annual, they usually around like between ten and 20,000 a year, so about in the teens. And it's like, so yes, but not nearly to the level of the hundreds of thousands of people that have died from COVID-19 in the United States over the past year. So yes, people do die of other causes, but the difference is huge. So it's like, again, this is different. So it's to be taken seriously. Yeah, no question about it. And that would, that's kind of been, a, that's been an obviously an ongoing topic and something that has become one, one other topic news-wise that's become recent this week is some events that have happened at uh, SUNY Plattsburgh. And what can you tell us about that, Joe? Yes, uh, we've, we had coverage this week of an incident that occurred last Thursday night, mm-hmm. we now know, um, where a young uh, a student was pulled over by um, University of Police. Um, the student identified as a black woman and her passenger um, also. And there was, a, I don't want to say confrontation, but I guess it was yeah. to some degree. Well, it's fair to yeah. say it like uh, that. She was driving with no headlights, and the police pulled her over, and in the subsequent check, they found there was problems with the registration and inspection, I yes. believe. <laughs> so they were going to impound the car and take the plates off and um, you know, process the driver. 
there was she didn't like that. There was a disagreement. Um, it got a little physical. It was uh, her friend, her passenger recorded it and released the video on uh, Instagram, I think. Yes. And um, the next day, uh, or a little after the next day, President Alex Alexander Yadi of Plattsburgh State issued a very thorough statement saying to the effect that um, they're very concerned about this, um, they want to everyone treated fairly, and he basically said, he questioned whether or not these students were, this situation was handled properly, mm-hmm. and pledged to do better. Um, the university police uh, chief, Pat Rasko, uh, said the officers did everything by the book, but he acknowledged that maybe they could have done some things better um, in that incident. Um, now, yesterday, or two days ago, there was a, a student um, kind of a sit-in organized where the students um, voiced their opinions, and many students of color said the they had uh, you know issues with university police, they didn't feel safe, uh, with them around, and they wanted to, uh, you know, to be treated better. And Dr. Nyeti again agreed with them and, and pledged to um, hopefully um, remedy their situation in their eyes. But the university police union, statewide union that represents them, was not happy with the outcome um, and said uh, basically um, they should have backed the police. Mm-hmm. They didn't do anything wrong, they followed protocol. Um, you know, they shouldn't be thrown under the bus for something like this. Right. And a lot of, from what I'm hearing, a lot of the faculty feel the same way, and some of the community feel the same way. They're feeling that uh, this was a rush to judgment. Um, they should have uh, found all the facts first mm-hmm. um, before issuing any kind of statement like that. Um, but the bottom line is it's an unsettling situation on the campus uh, at Plattsburgh State. Well, and, you know, obviously in the past, well, in our current situation with racial, um, the racial climate in the United States, we've seen a lot of cases like this of, um, you know, police pullovers and police confrontations, that kind of thing. But watching that video in a place where I recognize it, it's, it was kind of surreal, number one. And number two is that you see how from both sides, these situations, these videos, they're so emotionally charged yes. that even you know to just kind of blur over the details of what happened just watching the video itself left me feeling unnerved just because the emotions are so high in it and so it's kind of only natural that things are getting heated around it so the um the video that was posted was filmed uh by the passenger in the car Mm -hmm. the the university police are to release their dash cam video very soon i'm told so that'll be interesting to see what that shows. Well, yes, and the video was all of, what, maybe three minutes or so? Yeah. Just about a, a few yeah. minutes. So, yeah, perhaps there's, you know, there's probably got to be more to see on the dash cam. So. Well, you know, a lot of people feel that, uh, uh, rightly or wrongly, when you're approached by law enforcement, the prudent thing to do would be to comply mm-hmm. and avail yourself to the criminal justice system. Um Fighting with them usually doesn't end well, mm-hmm. uh, regardless. Uh, so I'm sure there's a lot of lessons to be learned here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think one thing is anytime you have a situation like that, especially in today's day and age where we see things like that happen on a national level, when you see, and obviously at a, at a greater scale, um, 
you see something happen at the local level and it sometimes hits a little bit different. It makes you think like, okay, here's an, here's an example of what we might see on the national news and things like that. And it, it gets to the local level and it makes people think a little bit more. And um, it certainly creates discussion. You mentioned the, the students having the discussion. You mentioned um, the police union being upset. There's, there's a lot of different sides to the story. Um, and usually with a situation like that, you're never going to have everybody agree, have one unanimous yes. opinion. Um, that's why this is a controversy. Um, it's always going to be like that. So, you know, at the end of the day, I think the main thing that is a positive that comes out of this is hopefully it, it opens up a line of communication between mm -hmm. students and police enforcement and, um, you know, administration within, within the college as well. Um, and hopefully everybody can come together in a sense. Um, you know, you're not going to have everybody agreeing on everything, but you want to have that open line of communication because that's what can lead to good things. Um, and, and, and quality communication is always very important. Yeah, so it, that, it, I, think that's, I think that's one takeaway that you can have from it. Take away the event and mm -hmm. look at all the things that go around it. That's, I think, how you need to approach that. Yeah, it's a never-ending process. Yes, I mean, it is cyclical. Yeah, and everybody has to, you know, well, and you're right, Joe. Put their is, best foot forward. Is the fact that there's um, things that people have left unsaid that maybe now they're saying mm -hmm. that they should have said before. Right. So. Right. Mm -hmm. No question. No question about it. Um, as far as uh, election stuff goes, we're we're now a week. What is it? A, are we a week into it now? Or yeah. Tuesday? A little next bit? Tuesday. So what? no, no, no. Uh, the early voting process. When oh, did that yeah, begin? Yeah. It started last Saturday. Okay, so we're about almost. a week. So we're almost a week mm -hmm. into it now. So we're we're approaching election time. So how are things looking right now, Joe? Um, pretty good. Um, uh, it's an considered a quote off year. Sure. Locally. Yes. Um, none of the m too many major races. This is one of the more boring years of elections. Well, you might say that. <laughs> you you tell me Trump and Biden's not going to be anywhere on my ballot. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Get a break from that. I, I I say that in jest, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we have some Clinton County legislature races, which are important. Some city of Plattsburgh council races, but they're all uncontested. Um, some town supervisor races and some town council races, largely. The D Clinton County DA, Andy Wiley, is running unopposed, mm -hmm. as is Clinton County Treasurer um, Kimberly Davis, yep. unopposed. Um, there's some good supervisor races out there, town council races. In Franklin County, which I think the, is the race of the year locally, is the Franklin County Judge race? That's an interesting one. I saw that one. Yes, yes. talk, Craig talk about that one versus uh, Elizabeth uh, Crawford. Um, two good candidates. Uh, registration in that county is uh, I can't remember what it is. I it might be a little slightly Democratic. I thought that's yeah how it tended to lean. Uh, but who knows? Yeah, uh, I think that's going to be a tough, close race. Uh, a lot of people are watching it. That's for a ten-year term. Yeah, it's a big race, and That's it's funny how you had pointed out. I think in one of our editorial board meetings, Joe, one time that um, with judges, it's weird campaigning because they yes. can't say, "Okay, I'm gonna do this." <laughs> like, well, that depends on what the case is. Yeah, they can't, can't talk about specific. It's the fallacy of the predetermined outcome. You yes. can't just you can't just go about some of that stuff. Right. So, so no. So yeah. The, and yes, for such a long term, it's, it's and a we have the five ballot propositions. Yes, uh, which amazes me every year they come up with these and nobody knows what the heck they are yeah i don't know what you're talking about what, what, what are we talking about here one of them's for uh redistricting, redistricting. there's um three of them for voting, voting early changes. voting yeah mm -hmm. 
And one of them's for something to do with New York City only that we don't have to care about. One of them's clean water, clean yes, air. Yes, and then the other one is for clean water, clean air, which... I want I, clean I water. Always, I want clean water and clean do? air. You yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want that. I always I vote that. yes to that. And, and that reminds me of something I read one time about how politicians will name bills something that is so indisputably good, even <laughs> though it's more different than that. It's like, oh, you're going to vote against the clean air bill? Well, it's a bit more complicated than just... Voting against clean air. <laughs> I want my air filled with smog and everything. That's more not money good. for poor people. I yes. want pollu- I want pollutants. <laughs> yeah, but if you look at it, it's just a that reminds me. Have you seen that commercial about Vermont uh, electric cars? No. No. Oh, it's hilarious. Is it? Yeah, they have. Uh, it goes. It's like it takes place in eighteen o nineteen o two or something like that. Okay. And they have this guy trying to sell. This new product, gasoline. Your car, your cars will run on gasoline. You know more electric cars. Oh. And they're like, will it, will it get me better mileage? No. <laughs> will it hurt the environment? Yes. <laughs> will it cause wars and famine? Yes. <laughs> it's hilarious. That is actually pretty funny. Speaking of gas, by the way, we've talked about this a couple of weeks ago. The gas prices are absurd. Oh, yeah, they, yeah. they continue to get even worse. Is there? I'm not. I'm not very like informed about like how the gas. Is there any hope of those going down? Like, I mean, because the gas prices are getting ridiculous. Yeah, it does go up because because usually during the winter time, I I figure it goes down. But then you're going to get the holiday season where people might yes. be traveling more. Well, there's production things and the oil factories. The yes. I want to go and give those people a piece of my that's mind. What's OPEC doing nowadays? And but yes, one of the good things about going to New the gas is so cheap. Three oh three. See, that's not cheap. Well, it's cheaper compared to well, here. Yeah, so it's very much cheaper compared to here. Two thousand eight. Mm-hmm. We had the first yes. wave of this. It was like four fifty. Everyone's like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and everyone's like, "This is it. This is the new normal." And then it went down again. It went down to like one sixty. Mm. And then it's over the years. But I'm with you, Joey. Yeah, enough. I will yeah. also say is that I went shopping for some new clothes um, for the family reunion over in New Hampshire, and they rang it up. They rang it up, and then um, it was like I forget, like fifty-eight or something like that. And then I'm like, oh, okay, so it's got to be about sixty with tax. And they're like, no, and I'm like, oh right, no sales tax <laughs> over here. Tax-free liquor. Yes. <laughs> yes. The the number of times that I've taken trips with people over to like Maine, and they're like, wait, stop in here. We're buying some. Oh yeah. So they have the they have a tax-free duty-free liquor store. On the throughway. Yes. <laughs> very, very, very popular. popular. No kidding. Very that's popular. An interesting, that's an interesting location for that. That's an odd place in New Hampshire. Very interesting. <laughs> well, one of the themes of this podcast, though, is looking back. Yes. And, you know, Joe mentioned 1902, you know, so I feel like that's a great way to get into your looking back. So no, I was thinking is that we haven't had a looking back if people aren't fa- If people aren't familiar with what we're going to get into, so each week Ben Rowe puts together a little summary of, like, old local news history and Every highlights Tuesday. highlights some special moments and we're gonna re, we're gonna actually talk about a couple of those on this week's episode yes so, so what do you what do you have for us let's hop I, think the, the, I think last time we talked about that guy who like got run over with a, a yes, car or something the, um the the beefy lad or whatever yes, the beefy lad. <laughs> yes. chesty 
Yes, chesty, yes, chesty, chesty, chesty young lad. <laughs> I'm glad Joe remembers this chesty young lad. Yeah. Chesty, chesty. So we're hopping in the time machine, heading back to 1971. We need to find a time machine sound effect at some point. We're going <laughs> yes. back to 1971. No, it's, it's like story. the dream thing. Yeah, it says, starts out with a quote. <clears throat> quote. I thought they were going to tell us we are the wrong seats, said Mrs. Salora Walker Wednesday. That is what she thought when Montreal Expo's general manager Jim Fanning and an aide walked toward her at Jerry Park the night before to tell her she was the one millionth Jerry Park patron from 1971. A few moments later, she was down on the playing field being introduced to 28,000 plus fans on hand to watch the Expo's take on the Los Angeles Dodgers. As the Expo's one millionth fan of the year, Mrs. Walker will be presented with a 16-inch color television set. Wow! Courtesy of radio station CFCF of Montreal. On top of everything else, Mrs. Walker and her husband Clarence were at the ball game on their 8th wedding anniversary. Mrs. Walker retired about a year ago after many years as a Champlain Telephone Company switchboard operator in Champlain. Cool. So, yes. Yeah, Very back interesting. In, back in the day when you could go up to see the Expos and possibly be their one millionth fan. That's, of course, that's very those days cool. have since passed us, but who knows? Maybe hey, there, there could, there actually could very Has there been any, well, I suppose COVID's probably slowed down the negotiations. There, there could very well be some baseball in Montreal. I know there was talks a while ago about bringing up the that, Rays. That's not the only time that happened. About 10 years ago or so, my local guy, Mike Waite, and his son were at a Montreal Canadiens game, and they won something similar to that. There was I hope it wasn't a bit bigger. No, they gave him a sixteen-inch TV. They gave him season tickets. Hey. That's for a year, that, especially for that's, Canadians oh, tickets. Oh, awesome! That's a big value right there. <laughs> yep. Honestly, what I would have done, I mean, I would have gone to some of those games, but I would have tried to sell some of the tickets too. Make a little bit, make make some money, make some money off of that. But it, it was—it's amazing how they, they select people. Now that's twice now that they selected Clinton County people instead yes. of Montreal yes. people. The, yeah, you figure the, that's great. the number of places and where people go to that, yeah. So have y'all ever walked into a place and been like, oh, you're the fan of the day or anything like that? Or have any been? Um, no, no. That would be cool. I can't, I can't recall <laughs> that ever happening. As no. I know, is that everyone's... Well, how I did. We as on a past episode, I did mention we, I was the couch potato on a yes. past person. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah, actually yes. about the yes. equivalent of this. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, would say. I got a free cookie and a free pretzel and something yeah. like that, and got to sit on a weird, dingy couch. <laughs> <laughs> exactly the same as being colored TV. <laughs> well, let's see. It was fun though. Also, have nearly two hundred youths, and this is again still nineteen seventy one. Nearly 200 youths participated in the White House's opening night ceremonies at 3234 Oak Street. The White House, and I had to double read that first. I'm like, wait, the White House? The White House used to be located in <laughs> The White House actually used to be up in the middle of <laughs> The White House is the new youth center, open to teenagers from 14 to 19 years of age, nightly from 7.30 p.m. to 12.30 a.m., except Sundays. For the opening night ceremonies, three local folk singers and a stereo record player provided entertainment for the youths. While enjoying the sounds of Bill Betts, Don Armstrong, and Barb Belukas, the youths were served various refreshments, including soda, chips, and pretzels. Ooh, yummy. During the evening, the youths enjoyed themselves and made good use of various contributions to the local businessmen, including painting supplies, posters, a cash box, a jukebox, wow. a cooler, and a stereo record player with records. <laughs> 
Almost all the work for the White House's debut is completed, however the youngsters still plan to wax the floors and do some more general cleanup before the official open house. I just always like the old stories from like the 70s and then to a degree the 90s of back when the city was trying to figure out what do we do with the kids? <laughs> the kids are running wild. Nowadays, hey, we got phones. These, right, there you go. <laughs> these, ho- these hooligans That's are true, man. <laughs> Yes, yeah. it's the fact that, yeah, the back in the 90s, it's like, oh, the kids with their skateboards, they're everywhere in town. Give them, yeah, a little club where they can go in. And, and, now, and, now, they can, <laughs> and now everybody complains too much about how kids are on their phones and te- yes. using technology. And stuff. Yes. yes. No, you can't. If you're a kid, you can't win. No, it's the, can't yes. The, and I'm sure Joe remembers those days. It's, again, I'm surprised in the news. It's like, oh, the delinquents <laughs> out there on the streets causing trouble. Yeah. What do we do with them? So well, always, we need a youth center. We need a youth this, yeah. youth that. Bunch of troublemakers <laughs> on the streets. <laughs> and if you ask the kids, we don't want that. No. <laughs> Just leave us alone. We yeah. want to be on the stoop. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, there was one story talking about, like, oh, you know, you can't, you can't walk down Margaret Street or else the gangs will jump you. I'm like... The gangs? Yeah, the gangs. And this goes back to, you know, when I grew up, we had a neighborhood full of kids, and we were out playing together, doing stickball all the time. <laughs> yeah. Unsupervised, and mm-hmm. no big deal. Um, and I also played organized sports, mm-hmm. which uh, was a great benefit. Mm-hmm. Sure. And, you know, that does provide some supervision. Yeah. Um, so... Organized sports is a great way to yeah. occupy time. It for seems kids. to me like after school activities are a real winner there as far as what the kids can do. Yeah. But then schools don't fund them a lot of the time. So is that yeah? But as the general point of that is that people have never figured out what to do with kids. No. <laughs> let no. them go out and play. Let, let them, them work. keep them inside. Pretty much. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> there is that too. These kids aren't working enough. They gotta earn. They gotta <laughs> earn their phones and tablets. Yeah, they gotta earn their records and their jukeboxes. <laughs> Um, I, I gotta look up. I wonder what's at 32 Oak, 34 Oak right now, but I'll look that up after. Yes. Um, all right, so going back. Bloop, you, bloop, can't, bloop. you can't You can't. look something up and have me and Joe stall and talk about no, something. No, no, I'll you check Joe that have later. a casual conversation about something as you look it up. Yes, but popping back, 1946, we've got a mystery. A mystery? An Asia unsolved mystery started at 1115 when someone telephoned the Clinton taxi stand for a cab to be sent to Pal's restaurant at the junction of Miller and Margaret. Driver Ivan Cross, he took the call. After waiting outside the restaurant for several minutes, Cross left his cab and went inside to find his fare. Patrons in the restaurant all denied calling a cab, and when Cross returned to his taxi, or at least where he had left it, he found his cab was gone. Another driver, George (laughs) Steady, found it 10 minutes later on Oak Street in front of the Northern New York Telephone Company building. The fare, quote, had departed. Shortly before 1 o'clock this morning, Lee Pierce, who operates taxi stand on Cow Street, received a call for a fare at the Ritz on Peru Road. Peters, like Cross, left his cab to seek his fare, and when he returned, the cab was gone. Police were still searching for it at press time. That's a, <laughs> I love how the, I love, police were still searching for it at press time. <laughs> well, the, he didn't steal it. He didn't scrap it. The guy drove it like 10 minutes down the road, and then was like, you know what? This is a bad idea. He had, a, he had a moral judgment. He, he realized or that he needed I, to... I suppose, I don't know, maybe somebody was like, uh, you know what, I'm going to call the cover, <laughs> I'm going to call the taxi and then steal the taxi. Also, well, I guess I could see leaving your taxi idling if you were hopping in the bar, but still. Yeah, don't this... leave the keys in it. <laughs> no. yeah, don't leave the keys in it. I always, 
I always, um, even in, I mean, especially now in today's day and age, anybody, I, I see people around here, like, pull up, say they'll pull up to like a Stewart's or something. They'll leave their vehicle running, no. go into Stewart's and get something and then come back out. It's like, you're putting a heck of a lot of trust in yeah. nobody that you know. Like, I would never do that. And no. why are you leaving your, who, who cares? Go, turn your car off, go <laughs> in, and then turn your car back on and go. Why, why risk it? doesn't make mm. any sense. No. no, and it's that every once in a while, I know I'll be locking something and someone will say, really, you're locking it here? It's a good habit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. <laughs> speaking, of, speaking of starting and stopping cars, I, I thought you were never supposed to do this. I saw somebody pull up to a gas station and pump like their gas and they left their vehicle running. Can you do that? You can. It's not advised. Yeah. Wait, they, their vehicle is while they're pumping oh, they're the like gas? Oh, running, yeah. I'd be afraid of my car. I've never seen that. Uh, yeah, I've never seen. I've never seen that before. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's like uh, when the school bus goes to gas up. If there's kids on it, they all have to get off. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. that's a liability. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't want the school bus blowing up. No. no. Let's say. Oh, speaking of driving, I like this one. <laughs> a wasp on the back of his wife's neck sent John Griffiths, 39, of Syracuse, to the physician's hospital yesterday. Oh my God. The couple was riding in the vicinity of Ellenberg Depot when Griffiths noticed the wasp on Mrs. Griffiths. Turning in the seat to brush it off, Griffiths failed to keep an eye on the highway. The car plunged into a ditch and struck a tree. Griffiths suffered a painful knee injury and his wife later complained of chest pains. She was not admitted to patient, however. The fate of the wasp is not currently known. <laughs> I was about to say... Okay, so two things. First of all, I was about to say what happened to the wasp. Second of all... That's that sounds like a totally phony story. Not worth it. I, well, yeah, that's true. Is that? the, there is. I'm sorry. Like anybody could say, oh, there was a bee in the car, and like that's why I went off the road. I, th- there is. I I think the validity of that guy's story is totally phony. Run for your lives. Yes. The like the likelihood that the and that what was that 1946? Yes. Yep. That's a very 1946 excuse. <laughs> yes. That's. I don't think that's true also, at all. So what are you doing? Like, oh, let me give that bee. No, just you know. <laughs> Regardless, even if you say that, I mean, it's not like they're going to, like, oh, well, geez, there was a wasp in the car. That makes all the sense. He's still going to get probably charged with something. Not worth it. No. Well, let's see. That's too, that's too bad. It's too bad. Uh, all right. Save Let yourselves. Save yourselves. Uh, <laughs> There's geez. a wasp in the car. Everybody evacuate. What was uh, that movie? For? Oh, Tommy Boy. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's exa- Oh, my gosh. That's exactly Wait, what I was that, thinking. Okay. Okay, so that's the scene where, like, so he says, <laughs> he says something to the, what, what actually happened? They got pulled was, over. No, what was, ma- they were swerving all over the place, right? Oh yeah. No, they started swerving all over the place yeah. and then they got out and there's like, bees, bees everywhere. Save yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. Oh, no. And I think, I think the, who, who's the, uh, Chris Farley? Yeah. Yeah. He's like. Your your guns are nothing for these bees. <laughs> like <laughs> powerless against them. Yes, that's exactly what it was. Oh my god, that's it. I was trying to think of like what what is this making me think of? I'm glad you said that. That's exactly yes. what it was. That's probably what the Griffiths would have yelled. Get out of car. Your guns are useless against these. And then, still in 1946, an attempted escape by an inmate of Dannemora State Hospital was frustrated yesterday. Because the alertness of attendance and considerable persuasion. In May, E. Amos, 23, formerly of Oswego, has been a patient in the state hospital since June. Amos was seen to take a flying leap and grab the vertical bars of the first floor windows. Climbing rapidly to the second floor windows, he produced from under his hospital jacket 
a rope from which he had secretly woven from the cloth of his bedsheets. To this rope was attached a hook. Amos threw the hook upward, and on the third attempt was successful in hooking a ventilator pipe on the roof of the building. From this point, a climb down the exterior side of the stone building would have been simple had not attendants altered, had not attendants alerted, completely surrounded the building. It was not until three hours later that Amos, perhaps realizing the futility of his predicament, agreed to give himself up. So this Batman here, yeah, he ran, he jumped, he grabbed onto the bars, he pulled himself out, he took out his little batarang, you know, <laughs> his little hook, Homie threw it up, yeah. hooked a pipe, pulled himself up, got to the roof. Good to go. <laughs> but then he did not think far enough to realize, well, if people are around, where do I go now? So, But that's, you know, Good hey, try. Yes, you know, eat your heart out, Matt and Sweat. But <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Valiant effort. Yes. Then, lastly, heading back to 1921. Good old days. Yes, the good old days. We have... Just a young man. Husky vegetables. Husky vegetables. <laughs> Four husky vegetables of unknown name and nature are attracting considerable attention in the window of the insurance office of Daly and Booth on Brinkerhof. Wow. This freak vegetable has a bulb on the end a little larger than a grapefruit. Then it has a sort of handle, perfectly straight and about a foot and a half long, with a stem on the end, such as a cucumber might have. It is emerald green in color and as hard as a rock and very heavy. Harry Booth says he thinks this a shillelagh plant, shillelagh plant, and said there is not the least doubt in the world that a wrap over the head with one would mean a protracted vacation in the hospital. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to hit you over the head with a vegetable. (laughs) Other botanical experts claim it's a species of rubber plant. The man who brought the, quote, whatever they are in, says he picked them near Peru and frankly admits he does not know what they may be, but he is sure they are not good to eat. The man says they are wild, but a whole lot of people will be much wilder if they did not find out what they are pretty soon. Huh. I like how Harry Booth's observation is, yeah, man, it hurt to get hit in one of those things. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that up. That's interesting. I wonder if we probably, honestly, we probably know today, like, what exactly it was. Yeah. Well, so, yeah, nowadays people would be like, oh, well, you know, take a picture of Google something. Yeah. Like, I Googled it. It kind of did look like yeah. a rubber plant, but back in 1921, they're like, this yeah. is an alien plant. <laughs> did they have a picture of it in 1921? They did not. See, that's a, they missed out on so many photojournalistic opportunities. They did. They had to, like, just describe it in words yes that's so that's so hard to have that but yes i like the observation number one it would hit if you if you hit your head on it and number two don't eat it amen and then let's see i'll pick one last one is that all right i gotta end with this one maybe i'll save the other one for next time all right so will rail of redford returned to his home yesterday after recovering at the champlain valley hospital from a strange accident which bit fair for a time to the cause which bit fair for a time to cause the loss of the sight in one of his eyes. Some days ago, Mr. Rail went into his barn and found something flying around, which in the darkness he could not make out. As he went to grab the bird, which proved to be a crane, it pecked at his eye, practically blinding him for the time being. The injured man suffered great pain, and for a time the saving of his sight was despaired of. He was brought to Champlain Valley Hospital and placed in the care of the hospital. Although the case seemed almost hopeless, the doctor finally brought the young man around so that he retained the use of his eye, and he has been sent home practically cured. So you got this this bird flapping around in your barn, and you go up and you're grabbing at it blindly in the dark, and then, oh my god, it's a freaking crane, and then it pecks at your eye. <laughs> yeah, that's a wild story. That would, that would not be pleasant. No, no that's, not pleasant. that's not pleasant at all. 
I just like that. It was proved to be a crane. <laughs> the best stories of all that come out from the 20s. Yes. There was some crazy stuff going on there. There was, that's, yes. That's some so crazy just stuff. be careful. Wasps, cranes, look out for yourselves out there. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. little sports update before we wrap things up. Congratulations to the Saranac girls, the Beekmantown boys, the Northern, no, I'm sorry, the Lake Placid boys, and the Osable Valley girls on their sectional championships in soccer. We still have two more sectional titles to determine. Both will be between Shazy and Willsboro on both the boys' and girls' sides for Class D. Um, Football-wise, we have Osable uh, against Ticonderoga tonight in a Class D semifinal. We also have Beekmantown against Saranac in a Class, D, a Class C semifinal. Peru and Beekmantown will have buys. Uh, I'm sorry, Peru and PHS will have buys for Class B. They will meet in the sectional championship next week. Congratulations to Mariah for winning the CVAC title, going undefeated this season. Um, they will either host. They will. They will either host um, play play Osable. Uh, they will play Osable or Ticonderoga in the Class D final. A lot of sports stuff going on. Also, welcome back to Plattsburgh State Hockey. Men's and women's hockey is back. Plattsburgh State basketball will be back next week. Uh, the women's soccer team at Plattsburgh State will be hosting a SUNYAC semifinal next Wednesday at 1 o'clock, either, either against Cortland or Brockport. Um, lots of great stuff going on there. Then we also have a bunch of other high school sports going on. I'm not gonna, we won't get too much into detail yet because they haven't gotten into their playoffs yet. Um, but a lot of exciting stuff going on. This is certainly, as Joe mentioned at the beginning of this episode, a very hectic time of the year to say the least. And we are trying to do our best to cover it all. But that was literally the... Minute and a half mm. sports brief for, you for you all. Reading that, or do you know that off the top of your head? No, that's all in my head. <laughs> that was this impressive. is this past <laughs> this this was this is my life. <laughs> this you is, rattled off like two dozen different schools. <laughs> yes. Well, this, this there's is, a lot going on, so everybody needs to be well rested, and they're going to get an extra hour of sleep this weekend. Hey, aren't they, hey, that's a good transition, Joe. You don't have to good say segment. transition, Ben. <laughs> you just go into it. Then, no. then, then you let people. Then you let other people say, "Wow, that was a good transition." No, I need to applaud. We need to do the awards for best transitions. <laughs> no, but yes, no. it is. Um, it's the time has marched on, and time what are you going to do with your extra hour? Sleep. Me too. What Absolutely. about you, Ben? I'm going to go and change. Oh wait, no, we don't do that anymore. What? Change all the clocks. No. Do you have any clocks to actually change, Joe? Just on the stove. Just yep. on the stove. Yeah. In the microwave. Yeah, yep. microwave. And you should also check your smoke alarms and yes. uh, carbon dioxide. Monoxide or whatever detectors. Yes. Uh, you're supposed to do that. The carbon thing. Yes. yes. I, I didn't even think about that the other day, but I actually did do that. It's the fact that I... Fresh yeah, batteries. I went and checked, and I'm like, oop. But then it's that I couldn't figure out how to open up my... Um, open it up. It's that I was Without trying to twist it and that off. kind of thing. Yeah. And then I looked up YouTube, and there was a video of like a... That <laughs> little YouTube time to go, oh my goodness, you YouTube how to get rid of a smoke alarm. And I found the weirdest channel on YouTube where there's like the six-year-old or seven-year-old who reviews smoke alarms. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And he showed me, and, he's, and he was like, okay. So Are you sure that wasn't there. a video from early in your childhood? <laughs> it could have been. He said, here, you just twist it like that, and I... Whoa, thanks, kid. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks, kiddo. Thanks for helping me take my smoke. Yeah, I looked through his videos and they're like, there's like 
How many, how many views did he have? A lot. <laughs> he has like 60 videos of him. We're in the wrong business. He's like, okay, and today we have the Alston 35 fires. You see its design here. It's like, oh, my whoa. God. I subscribe. You, did you actually subscribe? <laughs> <laughs> That's actually hilarious. Um, you know, speaking of YouTube things, one thing that I've been watching a lot lately, and I have no idea why, it's just been like fascinating to me. There's this um, chiropractor. Her name is something Mondragon. She's a chiropractor in like Florida, mm-hmm. and I find it just fascinating to what see does like she what she video, like her chiropractic sessions, so, uh, with, like with people, and it's it's very fascinating. Too. I love just like watching people like get their necks cracked, and they're like, "Oh, that felt so great," <laughs> and I'm just like, "How are they not dead?" <laughs> I just I don't know why I've been watching yeah. that. It's kind of like relax. It's kind of like relaxing to watch. I don't know. I, people are probably like listening to me now, like you weirdo, but like I don't know. It's just it's people know, it's kinda, getting relief. So it's, yeah, yeah, it's relieving. Well, there we go. And Joe, Joe's like, I'm not even watch weird stuff. I'm here. <laughs> I, no, I, I mean, it's not weird. It's it's, a, it's an odd thing to watch, but like you know, I don't. If I stumble on something, maybe. But yeah. Yes, funny. absolutely. But anyways, you can listen to this podcast on PressRepublican.com, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. You can also find it on our Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook pages. And Joe, sign us off. Yes, thanks again, everybody, for listening, and thanks for all your support. And the next time we talk to you will be after Election Day That's next right. week. So please, everyone, get out and vote. Get your sticker. And do your duty. Yay. And until then, we wish everybody a little weekside help. <laughs> <laughs>